Welcome to the Journey to Paid Speaking Gigs podcast. Here we bring on guests in the speaking world to uncover how to find your voice as a speaker, get paid speaking engagements, and develop your speaking skills. I'm your host, Charles Clark, mental health and resilient speaker, and today I'm having a conversation with motivational speaker, David Harrell. If you like what you hear today, check out the Journey to Paid Speaking Gigs Academy on my website, thecharlesclark.com forward slash apply, where you're going to learn everything that you need to know about how to create a successful speaking business. It's time to rise and thrive. Let's welcome David to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So let's let's kick this off the right way. Uh, let the Thrive Tribe know who is David Harrell. Uh, cool, man. Uh, I, uh, I think the best way I, I still identify myself as an, uh, as, uh, an actor, speaker, uh, and disability advocate. I think um, for most of my life, uh, I've been a, a, an actor and, and performer. Uh, I created some solo plays that I toured around. And then I um, sort of used a lot of that resource material to begin to, to cultivate the keynote uh, and started trying to do more keynote speaking as well. Uh, I was born without my right hand. Uh, and as I also came into adulthood, I sort of became more aware of my disability and sort of disability community uh, that exist. Uh, I don't think I ever identified that, uh, 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 identified with a disability as a, as a kid, especially mm-hmm. as I became an adult. Um, so what I tend to do is, is I do a, some advocacy, uh, predominantly in arts and entertainment for performers and other artists with disabilities. Um, and also kind of making sure disability is part of that broad scope of diversity. Um, So as we talk about diversity, inclusion, equity, accessibility, I like to have that accessibility uh, in there as well, because I do feel like um, we need to to sort of make sure that table is pretty big when Mm -hmm. we're we're talking about those things and trying to use um, that idea to, to move forward. Yeah, I, so I guess it kind of wraps me up a little bit in a nutshell. Yeah, no, I think that's incredible. the The fact that you know disabilities don't don't define us, right? Right. Uh, it empowers us to do even greater things, and and that's the, that's what I see in your story. You know, and and so here's my question for you: How did you find yourself on on this path from from being a kid to to not seeing your disabilities to being aware of your disabilities, but still using that to go out in the world and make a difference? I think as a kid, you know, uh, I, I, I tell the story, my dad brought a baseball glove to the hospital when I was born. And I'm old enough that I was born before ultrasounds. So my parents had no idea uh, that I would be born without my hand. Uh, and my dad had this baseball glove because I was going to be a baseball player, you know. Um, and the doctor came out and said, you know, your son is, is healthy, uh, but there's this glitch. He was born without his hand. And I was very fortunate to have a father who, who in, in that moment of crisis, he, he found it somewhere within himself to say to the rest of my family that had kind of gathered around in the waiting room, um, my son's going to play baseball left-handed. Mm. And that was his sort of um, mantra was that this limitation that was presented, he was not going to allow that to define me 
in that moment. Yeah. Uh, that he had no idea how I was going to do it. He wasn't sure if that really was going to happen, but he, he was not going to allow a limitation to define who I was. Wow. Um, and so that was, I think just, I was, a, I was very fortunate to have that sort of paradigm and I'm not sure where, where it came from in my father too. You know, I think he, he, um, he, you know, was a, a veteran, you know, he served in, in Vietnam. He had a lot of, uh, a sense of, um, of survival, a sense of adapt, uh, adapting, and also a, a, a courageousness uh, where he was an entrepreneur and he started his own business. So I think, I think there was a paradigm of his that a, a limitation and challenge doesn't necessarily have to define you, that you can move forward. Yeah. Um, and so I was very lucky to have that with my dad and also my mother um, also uh, really fought for, for me to be included. Um, in, in, in schools growing up, there was, uh, really only one instance where, uh, a preschool said that I was too frightening to other kids because I wore a prosthetic hook, um, and that they, they didn't want me to be there. Um, but for the most part, I was included in my community. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, I, going back, you know, to the baseball thing, yeah. um, uh, you know, my parents sort of started to push soccer and some other sports because they're like, you don't even have to use your hands, you know? Um, but there was something about the challenge of baseball that I enjoyed. And I, I think I didn't think of my hand as a disability. I wanted, or I didn't have that language, right? Wow. Um, I did not like it talked about in terms of a deficit. Mm -hmm. Um, I also, I, I remember identifying as a left-handed person. I was very proud of being left-handed. Yeah. Uh, I never thought to define myself as a person with one hand or a person with a disability. Wow. Um, and so my whole goal, the whole goal of my life as a kid was to prove that I was capable and I could be better than someone with two hands. And that really played out on the athletic field and in sports. And so I really focused on that, and I really focused on trying to um, to accomplish goals there, and um, and I did. I you know I, I played you know varsity baseball and, and 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 football in high school, and I you know people you know would write stories you know about like oh my gosh this person is overcoming all of these challenges, but I never thought of it as really overcoming something. It felt more like this is moving something. Yeah. Or, or, all right. Or this is just my goal. This is, I'm working to this. Yeah. Um, yeah. The thing I, I found, I found really fascinating um, about what your father said was like, yeah, he's going to play left planet. He, it doesn't like this. What happened is it's not going to be the end. We're, we're still going right. to, still going to do great things. And I, I think that the fact that you had someone in your life like that, it, it empowered you to still live a life of excellence. I don't know if you, you, you felt that way, but uh, that's what I see when I, when I look at your story and, you know, the things that you have accomplished that most people would, would just go in hiding, you know, that they say, okay, it's not in my cards. I've, I've been dealt the hand that I didn't want to play, so let me just fold. And so maybe, maybe my question for you would be this, you know, if you could, if you could share anything with anyone uh, who's looking to become a speaker right now, and maybe they have a disadvantage. Um, maybe everything is not where they want it to be. You know, what, what would you tell them to, to continue to move forward as you have? I, you know, I think what, 
it's it's I think it's it's finding that narrative within the story because all of us have a story that we've gone through, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I I have my lived experience, and I think another speaker or aspiring speaker, you're going to have your lived experience, and I think it is a universal um, uh, truth that we all are going to face challenges and yeah. difficult circumstances. And limitations are always going to come up, right? And those limitations can be placed on us by others. And sometimes those limitations are going to be placed on ourselves. Mm-hmm. But the, the crux of, you know, sort of my story is that those limitations do not have to peel away our, def- our humanity in any way. Like our humanity exists right here and right now. Yeah. So whatever that challenge is, whatever the story is that you can tell, is empowering to people because it's a recognizable journey, right? And so the key for, I think, emerging speakers is to say, this experience I have gone through, um, this is is my journey of of redemption and empowerment, right? This This is the way that I have continued to move forward. Yeah. Because I think that's that's the key for uh, as a reminder for all of us, all of us living right here and right now together. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's an important thing for us to always find different stories that we are able to connect to. And also, I think because you're ex- because whatever that experience is, you, you, you may see someone with a disability or someone born with one hand and say, oh, my God, I. I don't know how I would have tied my shoes. I don't know how I would have, you know, yeah. cooked an omelet, you know, yeah. if I had one hand. I don't know how to do that. You may have a challenge that I I have no idea how you how you move past that. Um, so, and it also gives me an, a, a sense of recognition of our shared humanity, right? Because I may not have had your experience, but the experience that you've had, um, I'm going to connect to through some of the challenges and things that I've, I've had to go through. And so not only is it going to be empowering to me, it's also going to let me know a little bit more and have a little bit more sense of awareness of, uh, of, of, of what others may go through and, and, and recognize that we, we are more connected uh then sometimes we allow ourselves to think we are and uh as human beings Mm. and i think that that's important um that's that's sort of i think a charge of for for those of us who who uh have these stories and and have the uh imagination and the 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 will and the drive to share yeah um that's sort of i think part of why it's so important because it is it's uh, we've we've been communicating and teaching ourselves as human beings for a very long time whether you know from even before language we we taught each other by drawing pictures and we we taught each other of experiences that we had um and then and now that that's still something i think that we we need as human beings is to continue to hear the stories um of of our journeys yeah and and not be afraid to to tell that i I think like you know, the biggest thing that I've that I've been learning is that by us sharing our experiences, 
it just lets us lets the world know, let the people in your community know that they're not alone. And if I can get through this, you can get through it too, whatever it is that you're going through. Mm-hmm. And so the, I'm, I'm very encouraged by, by what you said. And, you know, uh, hopefully the tribe, they find great value in, in that, you know, there, there might be something that you're not that great at, but there's something that you overcame and that experience that's worth sharing um, that other people can connect with. You know, the biggest thing that I, I hear event planners say the reason why they hired me is because it's real, it's, it's relevant, and I'm able to connect with the audience. So there's there's something that you have, you know, your story. You know, it's not someone else's story. It's your story that allows people to to identify with you. You know, I wanted to ask you uh, uh, this this next question, Dave. Um, your message of spreading, excuse me, your, your message of spreading awareness about disability, uh, inclusiveness, and bullying, and and learning through through play. What can you tell me about this particular niche within the industry and how have you able how how have you been able to to use this to grow your business? I think I think um, in you know we talked a little offline uh, about you know I'm I'm still in a learning process with mm-hmm. with with a lot of what I'm doing. I think where I find or have found the most success um, is in education. Uh, education, um, whether that be schools, universities, or uh, ed- education associations, yeah. as well as disability um, organizations, associations, etc. Um, and some of that is is you know has has worked well for me um, in terms of uh, uh, over the past several years having worked pretty consistently. Also, you know, in some in some capacity, there's been some uh, diversity awareness or disability awareness um, within corporations that I've been able to sort of find a niche to speak to. Um, But I still feel like that's that's something I'm learning. um, And I think this this is a part to 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 the tribe here uh, that that we're always kind of learning, you know, how do we continue to tweak our message? How do we continue to find ways of um, uh, structuring the message that we have to to fit more into um, certain industries? And I think I think that for me, um, because of the the pandemic, you know, I certainly like most everyone sort of adapted and created a virtual platform. Yeah. Something and, that didn't exist before, right? <laughs> right, right. And and uh, but but the just the the sheer volume of work, you know, is 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 not what it was. And so, what was sort of my kind of pretty pretty consistent um, sort of niche uh, has kind of changed a little bit. So I think right now there's a lot of thought that I'm giving in terms of how do I how do I restructure kind of what I say so I can really pinpoint some points of um, instead of it being more performative or which is sort of where, you know, because of my acting mm-hmm. uh, background, where it kind of comes from, um, how can it be more about unleashing potential mm. um, for your employees Yeah, yeah. Uh, and how, how that affects your bottom line? And how um, sometimes our perceptions of others can sometimes limit, uh, get, uh, limit, limit 
potential. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's beginning to recognize where someone's unique voice, someone's unique experience can kind of help the, the, the greater good of an organization yeah. or business. So, I, I think you're onto something right there with, with that yeah. part. Uh, because it, from if we kind of look at the timeline of, of the speaking industry, Mm -hmm. It was, I think, really in the 90s, um, like the Les Brown era, you know, it was he was the model of putting together a perfect message that it, it being flawless. And, mm -hmm. and, you know, kind of fast forwarding now, what people want more of is authenticity and relatability versus something that's scripted, you know. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of teeter, you know, between the lines of being scripted, but also having the ability to transcend and connect with the audience. I do think there's a level of preparation needed mm -hmm. in order to bring great value to an organization or transcend from like that space of, of um, memorization to or, or, or head knowledge to heart knowledge. Uh, and mm -hmm. that where that's where we can really create. Uh, some synergy in the room um, versus having something that's all right. This is exactly what I'm gonna do every single time, and I'm not gonna pivot from that. I mean, that doesn't allow people to connect with you. So I, I love what you said right there uh, when it, when it comes to that. Just I, I think really being in the room and um, just learning how to connect with them to create transformation. Right. And I, I think I think that's certainly I think that's a skill that is um, is something that that speakers, especially new speakers. And I think you know I came to speaking uh, from from a theatrical background, so I think I think there's a there's a different thought process in sometimes. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's it's um, sometimes that's a skill that that I think I was fortunate to to come in with. Is, is a sense of, you know, I'm coming with the energy coming from here, not necessarily always here. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that is a little bit different uh, than some, sometimes what people will expect. I yeah. think for me, it's just beginning, I need to get a little bit more here um, and kind of, and kind of merge the two a little bit and that's uh -huh. you know that's just something that i'm continuing to work on yeah you know i i think we all you know as speakers i, I never ran into one speaker that said that there's something that i don't want want to improve in and, and work on oh, yeah. um you know and and so if i can think about my, my situation the, the biggest thing that i would definitely want to improve in and in, in the next coming i mean these next 30 days um is i think just slowing down a little more um, and, and loosening and, and loosening up my, my, my script that I do have. I know what I'm going to talk about, but I just want to be able to just be present in that content a little more to really connect more with the audience. I, I know that's my strong area, but I want to see how I can enhance that even, even beyond that, because that can, that can bring the price point up right there, you know, um, uh, being right, able right. to do that. Um, so here, here's my other question for you. You know, if, if you could meet any speaker, uh, who would that speaker be? And, um, what would you want to ask them? Uh, man, that's a good question. Um, 
I feel like I'm a I'm a big fan of um, and an acquaintance of uh, Linda Larson, and I think she kind of comes from a very similar experience in terms of uh, you know a theater background, and then also. Um, I, you know, I, I just, I do want to kind of have a nice conversation about how she's merging the theatricality into the, um, cerebral sort of content, um, uh, in terms of business speak. Um, I feel like I see that a little bit, but sometimes that's the, that's sort of the, that, that sort of magic uh connection that i that i feel like sometimes i'm I'm missing a little bit hmm. um so right now off the top of my head that's kind of that's kind of who i would uh would want to just more have like a, a cup of coffee or dinner or something and just really kind of rack rack brains about yeah 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 that's awesome uh, i always like to know you know what who would that speak yeah. be for for somebody <laughs> uh and yeah. what question would they ask them you know um I don't know if I if I could ask anybody anybody a question who who would that that be, um, you know I I would want to learn from a female perspective as well. Um, I think uh, Lisa Nichols and Mel Robbins is, is someone that I would want to learn uh, more about. I, I think Lisa Nichols from the standpoint of storytelling, uh, and then Mel Mel Robbins from the standpoint of how she ties in more of the the neuroscience to provide value to to her clients. Um, what's her sweet spot? You know, what is what does she typically do to, to research and and provide value in that in that sense? So, yeah, those are people I would ask. Uh, so, you know, before we go, um, this is the end of the podcast. But before we go, where can the tribe find you? Oh, yeah, uh, you can find me. Uh, my website is David Harrell Speaks. Uh, dot com, and uh, you can find me uh, on Facebook or uh, it's um, Instagram is David Harrell three the number three, and uh, on Twitter is David underscore Harrell. Um, I think it's David Her David Harrell actor speaker on Facebook, okay, um, as well. But usually the website's the best the best spot. Solid. That way you can see a little about what I'm doing. Let's get it. Hey, uh, David, thanks so much for being on the. Journey to Pay Speaking Gigs podcast, and I'm excited to go behind the scenes right now. So here we go. All right. Thanks, man. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Click the follow button to be notified for more episodes. And if you're interested in learning how to overcome the struggle of stage fright, write that life story and speech, or how to become that paid speaker, enrollment is now open to the Journey to Pay Speaking Gigs Academy. Head to thecharlesclark.com forward slash apply. It's time that you speak, even if your voice shakes. I'll catch you guys on the next episode. Peace.